One. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Raymond Dempsey. I'm 44 years old. I'd like to say that I'm just a regular guy, but that ain't exactly the truth. Plain and simple. I'm a homicide detective. It's kind of a gory job. It makes having a normal relationship difficult. As such, I've been happily single for a spell. I don't have much spare time, but when I do, I like to indulge my two passions, namely my hot rod and guns. Oh, I also write crime novels. I base these loosely on the cases I've had to deal with. So I thought I'd write about this latest one whilst it's fresh in my mind. This is my account of one of the most bizarre murder mystery cases I've ever had the pleasure of working on. It's special in that it tested my patience and resolve, and it certainly put forensics through their paces. Like the rest of our investigations, day one started off with an unexplained death. In this case, it was the mysterious death of a 60-year-old spinster who lived alone in a quiet cul-de-sac. What made this such a tough case to crack was that she had no traceable relatives or friends. Nobody had a clue who this lady was or how she came to meet such a gruesome death. It all kicked off one winter's morning when my rookie assistant Danny Drake and I turned up at the crime scene. Crime scenes are not for the faint-hearted. This particular one can only be described thus. Graphic. Walking about the joint and their scrubs, the SoCo unit had already cordoned off the residence, which was a first-floor apartment, accessed by a staircase at the side of the block. Danny and I put on some scrubs, headgear gloves, the whole forensic nine yards. The first thing that struck me like a hammer blow was the stench of rotting flesh and the noise of the flies buzzing by my ears. In this business, you tend to get blasé about murder scenes. But I have to say that this one was more blood-curdling than the others I've seen. This was right up there in Jack the Ripper territory. Expecting to see a stiff occupying a chalk outline, I was surprised to find dismembered body parts strewn all over the place. Some parts dog, some human. In fact, the front room was more like a butcher shop than a lounge. We found that Enid Grubb's naked body had received multiple stab wounds. For some reason, her decapitated head had been placed in the fireplace. The murderer, or murderers, had cut open her chest, removed her heart, and stuck it on an antique brass oil lamp. Her dismembered legs were arranged in the shape of a cross. A jewel-encrusted wristwatch still adorned a severed right arm, which kind of looked out of place protruding from her rectum. I said it was graphic. There were signs of struggle as bloodstains decorated virtually every surface in the apartment, including the ceiling fan and drapes. 
I could see this gory scene was getting to Danny. At 25 years of age, she was every inch a rookie, albeit a very attractive one. So I walked back outside, keen to leave the house of horror. Danny followed me and stood next to me in the back garden, sharp and sassy. Danny is normally never lost for words, but after witnessing this graphic murder scene, she was uncharacteristically quiet. Her face was as white as the sheets that still hung on Enid's washing line. Cause of death, Danny? I asked as I lit up a gasper. Stabbed to death, obviously, Danny said coldly. What are your thoughts? She went on. Looks like we have a nut job on our hands. This is a ritualistic murder. I hate this sort of thing. If word gets out that this old lady and her pooch were diced and sliced, well, it won't go down too well in the hood. 